Welcome to the podcast of Local Community Church. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you in your faith journey. If you'd like to find out more, head over to localcommunity.church. I always like to kind of have this message that's going on in life. I don't like just talking out of theories and concepts, but actually being able to go, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And so knowing that I was talking about fruits of the Spirit, I've been looking for a story, like a recent story. And in my head, I was thinking that's going to be a story of me loving someone or me being joyful or peaceful. And I keep looking for and it was it wasn't happening. And um, and then yesterday morning, the story was created. And so what happened is I got up, as I often do on a Saturday morning, to go out for golf. And uh, quite often I sneak out of the house before Kylie gets up. And on this particular day, um, yesterday, um, we were all up. And we have a little dog called Rusty now. Just keep in mind here, Rusty um, is 14 and a half. He's had cancer and he's overcome cancer and he's on steroids. What we now know is there's a side effect of steroids called roid rage. And um, so I've got out of the bed and little puppy's on the bed and it's kind of dark and he's kind of blind and he's kind of deaf. And I come back in to uh, say goodbye to Kylie and probably like a good dog should, he, he guarded Kylie um, and to protect her, not knowing that I'm actually the boss and I was the one in the room. And so as I've gone to say goodbye, uh, he's actually gone for me. So if you get a close look at me today, it actually got my eye. So it's like a, it's, it actually was, so there's one issue which is to talk about later, which is what do we do with the dog? Um, yesterday I was going to put him down. Today we, we realised the side effects we need to manage. But in that moment, my story of fruits of the spirit came out because I loved my dog. No, I did not. I belted my dog as hard as I could. <laughs> I was angry all day long. Like he actually did go for me. It was, wasn't great situation. And I went and played really bad golf, which wrecks my Saturday. I came home, I was grumpy. And so if I go through now, if you grew up in Sunday school, don't nod off on the fruits of the spirit message, by the way, because if you're like me, the first thing you go to is, for the fruits of the spirit is love, joy. Anyone know that song? Patience, kind. Okay, well, you've got to have been in Sunday school 30, 30 years ago. Now, it's good because it reminds you of the fruits of the spirit, which is a good thing. But you might go, I know everything I need to know, but you don't because we're going to get a fresh message this morning. But um, if I tick those off with my dog and my attitude yesterday, love, no, joy, no, peace, no, patience, no, what am I up to, self-control, no, kindness, no, gentleness, no, like I I had none, literally none. And it's kind of interesting because it's often those moments um, when you're not thinking about it, that sometimes behaviour just comes out. And uh, I think that's a pretty interesting reflection of sometimes what's going on on the inside. Now, that was a pretty kind of different type of situation. It's not something I was expecting, but I was like, it took me a long time to actually get over that. It wasn't until this morning I actually kind of forgave my dog because I'm like, I can't come to church and not show some fruit of the spirit (laughs) with this stupid animal before I get up here and talk to you. But it's amazing how that shift took place. But it's a really good indicator in those moments when what comes out, it's it's like, well, what's going on on the inside that's made that come out? And it it could be all sorts of situations uh, that happen. So today, um, rather than talking about, say, fruits of the Spirit, I want to think about it in the context of life by the Spirit. And the reason we say that is that Paul, who uh, wrote to the Galatian church and talks about this concept of fruit of the Spirit, if you actually read through Galatians, and particularly Galatians chapter 5, there's this reference that keeps coming back to the Spirit of God. This is literally God who is with us, who is inside of us. And you don't need to turn here at the moment, but these are some of the phrases. Walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. 
This is God inside us. We had a message a few weeks ago on the presence of God. And let me remind you, if, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you have found salvation in him, the Bible says to us that the Holy Spirit literally lives within us. That is God in you, God in me. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the glory of God, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, God, the same spirit that Moses parted the Red Sea, God, the same spirit that was inside Paul that spread the church right around the world, God. That spirit is what lives inside of us. Are we asleep this morning, church? Seriously, like this is good news. We're not. You've been quiet now. You'll feel told off. Literally, we, our whole life is cooperating with the, with the Holy Spirit within us, His anointing, His gifting, His power, His leading. You guys are really asleep this morning. Something's going on here. Kyle has this message. He's talked about fruits of the Spirit before, and it's a great phrase, and I think it's a really good um, example of, of what this is all about. And it says, The fruit of the Spirit is an outward reflection of an inward condition. And Kyle has all these very profound sayings. My saying for today, which will come up a bit later, is you can't fake the fruit. Like way simpler, <laughs> way easier to remember, far less profound, and we'll get to that later. So I wanted to, I'm actually going to read, because this is a pretty common scripture, I'm going to read uh, this morning from the message version, because it just gives a little bit of a different take. So um, if you want a Bible to read along or grab your Bible, if you need a Bible, um, you can just put your hand up. Does anyone need a Bible? And we'll give you one this morning. We need to invite more people to our church that need Bibles. And keep saying this. Uh, but anyway, we're going to read from Galatians chapter 5. But I'll read from the message. If you just want to listen along, you can. And it says, uh, now this actually comes after when Paul's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, but it's just a really good context for what this message is about. It says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Let me touch on a couple of those things. I love the way Eugene Peterson talks about this. This is life by the Spirit, literally. It's not letting it be an idea in our heads, but something that we find a way to live out. So this is kind of like an inside message, but also an outside message, because we're talking about something that goes on on the inside. It's a, it's a requirement of how we live by the Spirit, how we connect to the Spirit on the inside. But it's actually what people see on the outside that, that is the fruits of the Spirit. It, it, so it's both an inside and an outside message, which is kind of interesting. Jesus said um, in John chapter 16, when he was starting to preempt that the Holy Spirit was going to come, he literally said, the Holy Spirit, who is God, is coming to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit is coming to glorify Jesus. What that means is that the Spirit who lives in us, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, in every single way is meant to glorify Jesus. In other words, the Spirit in us living out, us living out our lives, is meant to make Jesus look magnificent. The Spirit living out of us is meant to make Jesus look magnificent. If we walk in the Spirit, if we bear the fruit of the Spirit, then we start becoming more like Jesus. I think when we're here and we're in those moments of worship, 
or we're seeing the, the manifest presence of God show up and we start going, more Lord, more Lord, more of you, more of your spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We're crying out to you, more, more of your spirit, more of your anointing, more of your gifting, more of your power. We want more of you, Lord. Why? Because we're saying more of you, Jesus. Let's have more of you so that we may glorify you more, that our lives may point people towards you more. It, it's not about actually what we get. It's about what it means for others. It's about the Spirit glorifying Jesus Christ. More of you. It's about becoming the people we want to be and closer to the people that we were designed to be. See, the message version, I love that last little bit. Each of us is an original. It's the same Spirit of God in every single one of us, but it is lived out and manifest in this unique, original way. The Spirit of God, Jesus, inside you, being lived out in a way that is unique and original to you. You know you're walking in the Spirit, you're living by the Spirit when you're, when you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So let's actually read uh, the Scripture that talks about this. And again, I'm going to go through the message version just because it just gives some interesting explanations of each of the fruits. But if you're familiar with this passage, it starts by looking at the things that are not of the fruit, the things of the world, of the flesh beforehand. And this is the stuff that might be coming out of us that's not actually from the spirit within us. It's our connection to the world and the things of the world that are coming out. And we don't have time. They actually run in parallel, and there's a really interesting study that you can do, which we don't have time for today. But I think just to have a listen to it is great. So maybe just listen to this one, if you, unless you have the message version. Uh, this is from Galatians 5, verse 19. It says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. That list is a pretty interesting description of things that go on our world today, don't, don't you reckon? Because the fruit that is coming out of people that is not based on God creates that type of environment. Let's keep going. This isn't the first time I have warned you. You know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our life much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way into life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. How cool is that? 
That whole chapter starts with this scripture that says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we've been in this, um, we've been doing a, a course called Freedom in Christ, which about 25 people went through. And I think I've said a few times over that, that period, that has been amazing. Someone that's been pretty much in relationship with Christ most of my life, still I can go through something like that and find things that I've got stuck with, things that I didn't realise that I was bound up by, was holding on to, or a different perspective, that I wasn't living out of the freedom that Christ came to set me free for. And so this whole, whole message that we're talking about, life by the Spirit, is a message of freedom. It's what Paul was saying. The fact that the Spirit of God lives within you, life by the Spirit, is about freedom. That's why Christ came. And when we live in that freedom, when we find him in that, this is what comes out of that. You might have experienced this before where, where someone kind of says to you, hey, this is going on, but I look at you and there's, you just seem to have this peace. I don't really understand it. Or why is it that you just, no matter what's going on, there's a joy in you. I don't, I don't quite get it. Like we can't make these things up, but what's going on inside? Our life by the Spirit is what comes out and people see that. And I think it's one of the ways that we can live differently in this world. So let me give you a couple of things to think about when it comes to the, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and to start with, who, who's got uh, into the collecting of the Woolworths seedlings? Oh, the Woolworths Lion King. Who's got into the Lion King? No. But who's got into the seedlings? Like why they didn't come? I'm not, only a few people. Yep, okay. Why they didn't do that in the first place? I mean, that is a good initiative compared to the plastic the rubbish, which kind of coincided with, we're not going to give you plastic bags, but we're going to give you plastic toys, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but these, these are a really good idea. Now, Kylie's really got into them and she loves them. I don't do a lot of the shopping, but the other day I was sent down to the shop uh, and she's like, you need to spend over $30 and when that happens and you're going to get a seedling. And I'm like, where are they? She's like, it's all right. The lady's going to come up to you. She's just going to give you one as you walk out. I'm like, this is, okay, I can do that. So I go, I really don't shop very often. I don't know. Anyway, let's not go there. Otherwise, there'll be no more fruit of the Spirit coming out of me either. <laughs> um, right. So fruit by Woolworths. No, seeds at Woolworths. So I go down, I spend my $30 and I look around. I'm like, there is no lady giving me anything here. Now I've got to go find this lady. Where is she? So I go and find her and she sees me coming and she clearly knows I don't go to the shops very often. And she thankfully comes over and she goes, I'm really sorry, sir. I know what you're looking for, but we've run out. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I've been given instructions. I don't go to the shops very often. I can't go home without the very thing I've been given. She's like, no, we've run out. But see, Kylie loves these things so much is that even though they've run out, she collects up all the receipts that are over $30. So when they come back in, she goes and cashes it in. She's like, you owe me this and I want those seeds and I'm going to take them. So we're growing seeds, which is kind of really kind of cool. But the reason for saying that is that... Um, of, you know, you, you watch this kind of process take place and it's kind of cool the way they're set up, but the, the label for the seed is on the box, but you don't see it till you open it up. And then you go, okay, I've got uh, like kale or lettuce or flowers or something like. Um, and you know that the seed that you put in and the label of that seed is the very thing that is going to grow up. Like you don't put the kale seed in and get like, I don't know, what are the other things? Beetroot. Okay, I should have done my research. Do you get like, okay, thank you. What is on the seed that you put in there, you know is going to be the exact thing that grows. And the fruit that we bear in our lives is directly correlated to the seed that we plant in our lives. Right? It's such a cool analogy that Paul used of the fruit. The seeds that we're planting 
is what represents the fruit that is going to grow. So if we are planting seeds of faith, kingdom living seeds, if this is how we're living, then that is the fruit that is just naturally going to grow. It has to. But of course, if we're, we're planting seeds of doubt and, and faithless living and things that are living ways of the world, then the fruit that's going to grow is stuff that's of the world. And we've got that awesome list that Paul gave that shows us what those things look like. See, fruit can't be manufactured. Often we think about this idea of, of it, it's like labour and toll and I've got to work at it and I can get better at it and it's just kind of going to happen. It's not like that. It, it's just this journey that takes place. It's literally a complete natural representation of what's going on. It's not anything you can work at, toil at, you can't get better at, which is my point. You can't fake the fruit. You can't. It's whatever seed you're planting in your life is the thing that's going to grow. It grows out of the, the unfolding of our life, which means we've got to think about the way our life unfolds and just like simple things at a really practical level. What, what seeds are you sowing? What movies do you watch? What music do you listen to? What books do you read? What is the stuff that you're putting in your head? You know, Paul, Paul says, only put those things in that are noble and honest and true and lovely and put that in your head. But if you don't, what's going to come out is what, what, what seeds you are planting. What words do you use when you speak? There's seeds that are coming out of your mouth, that seed. What is that? Is it encouraging or is it, not, is it discouraging? What is the seed that you're planting? How are you treating other people? That's the seed. It's not the fruit, that's the seed, how you're treating those people. How does that come out? What does that look like? What does your commitment to the things that are most important to you look like? Like you committed loyal person to your family, to your work, to your church. Because if you're not, and if you're kind of half-baked, showing up sometimes into it sometimes, that's what's going to come out. That's the seed that you're planting. How do you start your day? What does the first seed you sow in your day look like? Is that get up, rush out the door, freak out, panic? I'm, I'm, like, is that the seed or is it, no, my day starts before the Lord? That's where I start. That's the seed I'm going to plant for this day. You can't fake the fruit. And when you catch behaviour in your life that you don't like... That's a good time to go, well, hang on, where's that come from? Because that behaviour has come out of a pattern, a rhythm of life that is something that's fed that fruit or maybe stinky, ugly-looking fruit. And so where's that thing come from? And that's what I had to look at yesterday with Rusty. Like, I kind of, like, yes, there was a, a moment where the dog needed to be put in his place. That's, you know, the discipline of a dog. But I actually went beyond that. Like, I got hate going on. Like, literally, I did. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of funny, but it's not okay. I got scary. I can get scary. I did. Yeah. And, and, it, and it festered through the day, and I'm like, what's going on? But it relates back to something somewhere, I haven't figured it out, that I've sown in my life that means I could respond like that and like the fruit that I saw. Now, we're going to work through all nine. No, we're not going to work through all nine of the fruit. I thought Steve, Steve gave us a great example when he preached two weeks ago. There's about 10 Beatitudes. We're just going to do the first couple. I thought, I better stick on that theme. Otherwise, they're going to like Steve's preaching way better than mine because they'll be like, you go on too long. Steve's good. He's brief. He gets to the point. <laughs> so I'm going to follow Steve's pattern for that one and just look at the first few. But because we've got life space next week, we can take some time to work through that together and you can add to that contribution. The fruit is not about striving, it's not about pretending, it's about living in and by the Spirit. So as we go through these, just the first couple, love, joy, peace, we're going to look at. I want to look at what it is, what the opposite of that is, so we might be able to identify some of that kind of behaviour. And then this idea of what does faking the fruit look like? 
Like, how might you try and demonstrate love in a way that's not really love? What does that look like? And we have a think about that. So let's start with love. Love, definition of love, um, the original word agape, people might understand that word agape, unconditional love. And it means to serve a person with in, for their intrinsic value. I'm just going to serve that person. The greatest love we know is Jesus. He laid down his life for us. That's what unconditional love looks like. And he did that not for anything he was getting back, not anything we're doing for him, but because of the intrinsic value that exists in another human being. So clearly the opposite of love is abuse. Spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, any kind of abuse is the opposite of that fruit. So if you're finding yourself in that situation, that's not okay. But where's that coming from? So we've got the definition. We've got the opposite. Now let's look at what the fake version looks like, which is when you're trying to manufacture that in your life and it's not just coming out of life by the Spirit. And the fake version is that we love someone because of what they'll do for you. Or maybe you'll love someone because the reciprocated love makes you feel good about yourself. That's fake love. Love is literally the theme of the Bible. God is love. God pursuing us is his love. Jesus said the greatest commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, to love your neighbour as yourself. Every other fruit comes out of this context of the unconditional love that is God. Love is patient, love is kind. Over and over we see this theme of love right throughout the Bible. Love your enemy. You love someone just for their intrinsic value as a human being. That's what that looks like. Next we come to joy. Definition of joy, an inner contentment and happiness that is not dependent on external circumstances. By the way, I'm referencing definitions if you like Timothy Keller at all. He's done a great series on the fruits of the Spirit, and that's what these definitions are all about. So the opposite of joy, because we're thinking about that we're content in any circumstances regardless of what it looks like, is actually about despair and hopelessness. We're letting those circumstances bring despair and hopelessness into our life. And that is not joy that comes from the Spirit. The fake version of that is my mood just changes depending on what's going on around me. So you think I'm happy, but then something comes against me or joyful. I'm not joyful anymore. So you're just kind of just rolling with the circumstances of your life. Now, don't get me wrong here. I am not saying be happy all the time. That's not normal. That's not human. We're emotional beings. I'm not saying be happy all the time. I'm not saying you have to always be this kind of glass half full type of person, which is maybe the analogy that we're thinking of. It's not about a personality type either. Like, oh, you're always happy. You're one of those people. That's fine because you're a sanguine or something. But that's not what I'm meaning. This is about a choice to be joyful regardless of the circumstances. It's about enjoying God and delighting in him. The psalmist wrote, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I delight in God. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I still delight in the Lord. I, I love my, my prayer walk. I love going to the beach because for some reason, I connect to creation there. My feet on the sand and I look at the sand. You might have heard me say this before. And I'm like, there is trillions and trillions of grains of sand around the world. And it was made by my creator, the same creator that made me. And those waves keep rolling in and that wind blows and that sun rises and those clouds move and that sky's blue. And I, I can just get there and delight in the Lord. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I delight in the Lord and there is a joy in that place. I'm not making it up. There's a, a joy that comes from that as I spend time with him. 
It's about praising God in all the circumstances of your life. Often we, Kyle and I, talk about this idea of the lens that you look through um, in life. And if you look at God through your circumstances, then you get distracted from what God might be doing in a situation. And so we say you've got to flip that. You've got to look at your circumstances through God. And that's kind of cool because it leads to this third third fruit that we're going to talk about this morning. Peace. Love, joy, and peace. The definition of peace is a confidence and rest in the wisdom and sovereignty of God. A confidence and rest in the wisdom and sovereignty of God. Now, the opposite of that, this is interesting because this is, I think, something that we're just seeing more and more in our world, which is worry and anxiety. Now, there is a space and a dialogue for anxiety now, which I think is a healthy place. It's something we can talk about more. It's something that we're prepared to ask questions about, and that is good. But I don't think that's a place we're meant to stay. Because there's this peace that comes from God that is the answer to so much of the worry and the anxiety that is created in our world. And I think you can only find that in Jesus. It's for freedom that he set you free. The fakeness of peace is actually apathy, this idea of, I just don't care about anything. I'm not going to worry, but I'm not going to care. And that's not true because we're people that do care. and We're impacted by the world around us. So this idea of peace that's, um, I just think if you can get your head around this, it can literally change your life. But it's this sense of a genuine trust in the sovereignty of God. I know, like, some of the stories of people in our church, not everybody, and some of us have been through really, really, really difficult things. And I'm not wanting to downplay the impact of that on your life, the way it makes you feel, your emotion, the consequence sometimes of those things at all. And I can't always say I have any idea what God might be doing in that situation. And sometimes that has been a result of other people's sin, which is not the way God intended, but sometimes we are caught up in that and the consequences of that can be horrific. And I don't know what God is doing, but what I can say, and hopefully you can hear me the right way, is that I still think we can trust in the sovereignty of God, that God is God. And somehow, some way, he is involved in the most horrible of the circumstances your life has faced. That, that's what I've seen, and that's what, that's what I believe. And so suddenly, even though you might literally be going through hell on earth, there is still, I believe, a place of peace that you can find. If you can get to the point of going, God, I trust you. I still trust you, despite the circumstances that are going on around me. Despite the fact that things aren't right, I'm not going to panic. I know that you are there. And Paul writes in, in Philippians this really interesting scripture. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is the clue of how we find that peace. Because if you're trusting a sovereign God, even though you don't understand and can make any sense of the circumstances around you, which... In our Western world, we kind of like to apply logic to everything, and I want to understand. What you're actually saying is, I'm going to give up the right to understand because I trust you, God, irrespective of what's happening. 
And that's a pretty amazing place to get to. To find that peace, sometimes we have to go back to the place where God was the most faithful in our life. And those, those kind of foundational blocks that are built that we go, I know, God, that you've been faithful there, so I know you'll be faithful again. It's about taking those scriptures that have been meaningful to us, that are the promises of God that we need to declare into our life. You will never leave me or forsake me. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Whatever those scriptures are for you, we need to go back to that to find that place of peace. Thanks for listening to our message today. We hope that it's encouraged and inspired you in your faith journey. To find out more, head over to localcommunity.church.